right, influenced by the Word of God, then the perception is right. The desires are right. The motives are right. All right? You see what I'm saying? So then the heart condition is very important. And that's what I was saying in this past Sunday, I mean past Wednesday, before we start even talking about asking, we need to do some preparation in our hearts so that we may have what? The strength, the faith, the energy to ask in truth. Okay? Look at this. Let me, let me give you an example regarding that. That right there, the scripture says, and, but we will not walk in it. You know, they, they made up their, their decision. We will not walk in it. What was that? That was the condition of their hearts. They influenced their response to the words of God or to the word of God. Because those are words of God. Let's hold right there, but go to your prayer, God. Let me emphasize this. Thus says the Lord. Is that, the, is that God speaking? Yes. 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 God speaking to his people. Thus says the Lord. Stand by the roads and Look, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, then walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. But they say, think about you, parent. You say, you tell a child, I want you to do this and this and this, and they say, I don't want. Something gets in me when I hear that. <laughs> you know, I don't want. That's exactly what they are saying. Their condition, the condition of their heart was rebellious. Rebellious against the words of God himself. So you see then, the preparation of the heart is critical for us to be able to do what? To respond to God's words. That's, that's my point right there. The heart's condition, your heart condition, my heart condition is very critical for us to respond to God's word. And that's why we come into, the, into, the, into our fast. It's not, it's, we are not trying to change God. Not, not at all. But actually we are preparing our hearts that areas of our lives that are being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin may be softened so that we may receive the word. The sower sows the word. You see my point? So accuracy in asking is determined by the condition of the heart. That's my point there. Accuracy in asking is determined by the condition of the heart. And if the condition of the heart is right, receptive to the word of God, then we are able to ask and we are able to perceive and see the ancient paths. And there are so many things. That, that's where we... We, we prayed, actually, we came to, and that's where we are concluding our, our last, our last uh, service on, on Wednesday. But let's go there to James chapter 4. It's okay to say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory. That's fine. You can do all those things, as long as you are hearing. <laughs> look, look at this then, it says this. In chapter 4, where do wars, verse 1 and 5, come from among you? Do they not come from your desires, that's it, italicized, for pleasure that war in your members, in your body, flesh? You lust and do not have. You murder 
uncovered and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have, because you do not what? Ask. So you see the condition there of the heart. Even asking is not even there. But then he goes further, James uh, said this, You ask and do not receive, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. What's that? That's the condition of the heart, which is asking amiss. And then he says this, Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whatever, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, which I don't want so much to go. Hola, but let's go, let's go. It's fasting. It's fasting time. Let, let me go to verse, verse 5. Is that where we are? Yes. Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And actually, in praying and fasting, we are humbling ourselves to God. Do you know what that is? There is a release of grace to deal with our hearts, to remove hard places in our own hearts. Okay, now, having said all that, let me say something here for uh, that's the what came up actually as you are praying last Wednesday of hardened hearts towards the end. It's hardened hearts. One of the words that you find in a hardened heart is let me see if I'll say it right. Colors. You know colors? C-A-L-L-O-U-S It's not colors. It's colors. Okay. Just a little bit of English there. But listen to what this word means in the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Let me see if I can read it out to you here. Still somewhat hardened once is being hardened and thickened. Being hardened and thickened. Have you ever seen people uh, that can take a hot cup of tea? and put it in their mouths. While yours are just, 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 you just, you tried to see, but it was too hot. They are finished. And usually such people, they have the second cup. Have you ever seen that? I mean, they have actually deadened their, what is it, senses around their mouths and tongue. We used to tell my cousin, we grew up with, in my, in my home, uh, he was adopted by my parents, but we used to call him, that we used to tell him that you have a fridge in your mouth. <laughs> it's just actually fridge in your mouth. Because the tea just, just goes and fills him. Man, it's called love. Love, you just finished? Yeah, he finished. That hardened. That, that really, uh, uh, his senses have been hardened. You don't want your heart to get to that. Amen. That the seed of the word cannot enter in because it's so hardened. Actually, I'm going ahead of myself. But listen to this. Is, um, some of the words, uh, some of the words like, like, some of the definition is feeling no emotion. Feeling no emotion. I don't want that. 
I don't want to be emotionless. In, in other words, it's like, but emotion, I thought you're, you're a man of faith. You walk by faith, not by our feeling. Let me, let me go further into the, the, the scriptural uh, word for it. I don't want to be without compassion. I want my heart to be touched by the infirmities of others. I don't want to be without compassion. In fact, preaching the gospel without compassion is terrible. It's not the gospel. Because Jesus did it with compassion. He was love personified on earth. Ever seen people say, you, you all go to hell. I'm not going to listen to such a preacher. You go, you rot there with all of you in the family. I said, I'm not going to. <laughs> you know, some of you hear that say, there's, there's no compassion there. There's no love. I want my heart to be tender. What about you? <laughs> what about you? I want my heart to be tender. On something that can touch me because, listen this, because it touches God's heart. That's the point. And that's the, one of the major things actually in revival. Because it touches God's heart, I want it to touch me. I want my heart to be eternal. And listen to this, some of, the, some of the synonyms, oh, there are so many, but let me say some of them. is compassionless, like what I've just said, that is actually to be, to be callous, is, is to be compassionless, to be desensitized, desensitized, hard, just a hard heart. And then uh, hard-hearted, that's another word actually. Remember we're talking about that you be insensitive. That lack of sensitivity Listen this, is, there, is a heart that cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. Lack of sensitivity is a heart that cannot be led by the Holy Spirit. Hardened heart. And another word is heartless. Heartless. That's a, that's a big word, yeah? Heartless. Can you imagine you walking around without any heart? <laughs> we don't many times think of it literally. It's heartless, without any heart. You told something and say, ah, okay. So what next? When is the burial? Is the burial when? Next week? He died, yeah? <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no even compassion. So he said, and, and the person said, what? What happened? This is what happened. Okay, so when is the burial? And in Kenya, are so popular for burials. <laughs> so, so, some get to go to places just for the burial. And then you ask them, have you ever been to such and such? Yes, I've gone. I went for a funeral. And this other place, I went also there for another funeral. Anyway, I'm not talking about you, hopefully. And listen to that. Heartless, which another one is inhuman. And another one is uh, massless, pitless, ruthless, without misruth. No, yes. <laughs> but ruthless, that's another word of it, ruthless, and then stony-hearted. You remember those words in the, in the Bible? Stony-hearted, 
unfeeling, unmerciful, unsympathetic. I want none of this to be in my heart. I, I, I missed your amen there. I want none of this to be, to be in my heart. That's the reason for fasting. Okay? So we've seen that. Hardened heart. So let's, the hardening is caused by sin. I don't want so much to go into the scriptures regarding this because I want us to pray again like we did last Wednesday. Take some time for the presence of God to come into our hearts and show us those areas of disobedience because sin is disobedience. And this hardening of the heart is caused by sin. These are areas that we have allowed disobedience to come in. I don't want that. Uh, you remember the, the story of uh, Pharaoh with the Egyptians? Initially, you find in the scriptures, the Bible says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. And he goes on and on and on. I'm, I'm not sure of this. You understand? I'm not speaking like Bible, Bible truth, very, very sure of this. I have to learn. I have to go study and all that. But initially, you say, and, and, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. But later on, he says this, and God hardened his heart. I would think, I'm thinking, okay? I'm just thinking. I would think of this. It began by him hardening his heart until God says this, I'm giving you over to what you've, you've, you've already decided to do. Because God is love. I'm giving over to what you've decided to do. Remember the Bible says that if one gives himself to sin, can be turned over to a reprobate mind. Ah, that's terrible. That leads person to destruction, to hell forever and ever and ever. And we know it's God's will that everyone may be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's God's perfect will. But, but he hardened his heart and later on he says, and God hardened his heart. It was hardened by sin. Uh, remember in the parable of the sower also, we look at uh, four types of hearts, so to speak. It's not types like, you know, blood type, blood type. <laughs> but, but, but the condition, let me use the right word probably, would be the condition of hearts of four people. One was actually the three others who were not able to receive the word of God were in actual sense this, they were hardened in a way. They were hardened. They are not conducive to receiving the word of God, which was the seed. I don't know, okay, probably few of you grew up in the village like I did. We did farming. So first, oh my goodness, my home area, especially the month of August when I was growing up, we used to dig, and my, my, my home area, you dig with that. A hole, jembe. In fact, a hole we thought is the one for, for weedy. Do you think that way? So I thought of a jembe. You know a jembe? With a long uh, handle and all that, and then you dig. So some, it was so interesting, in the late 70s and the 80s, we used to have, uh, it can be communal in August, so we know Tuesday is your home. Next week, is this, you know, people are together, just, just really, it used to be interesting. As a small boy, but it was wonderful. So it's this, this Tuesday, 
in your home. Maybe Wednesday will come to another one, or Thursday, and it's communion. And sometimes, I think in the, in the 80s, you'll have people like 30 people with the same village, and they have come to dig for one individual. And they go, oh, la, 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 run. La, 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 la. They'll sing those songs, and they're, they're digging. It was so interesting. Anyone who's ever done that? And why the ancient only? No one need to ask for some parts from me. So a few, uh, let me see, uh, anyone ever did that in the village? It was so, so interesting, wonderful, interesting. And then, but, but let me tell you something. I'll tell you, I grew up there, I didn't like it. That one of digging, <laughs> In fact, in my family, from the time I was a small boy, you know, I could do some things from the time I was a small boy, in my family, when they go to the chamber to dig, I stayed home, boiling beans, cutting vegetables, I stayed at home. <laughs> Seriously, I did that. <laughs> I, that was, I like that. Boiling beans, and then now, because the, the spurrier was big, so in the time to make you galley, then that's the time I go call, maybe the house help, uh, come now, it's time to make you galley. But I stayed around, I'd rather wash plates than dig. <laughs> Not knowing I wasn't called to dig, but to preach. <laughs> Tina says, I like farming, but I like machinery. I said, okay, girl. <laughs> if it's farming, machinery. Not. So anyway, but after digging, then it came to a place people have left, or whatever it is, if you've given someone a casual laborer, they leave, but you have to come back again many times. Sometimes you have to instruct the, the casual, or whoever is digging, please, in the communal is not easy. But if you've employed someone to do the work, you can tell him this, please don't, be, don't leave big lumps of soil. You, you know what I'm talking about. Don't leave those big lumps of soil. You are giving me work, coming back to try to do what? What is that? Beating them, just whatever they want. Kuifanya USAO. Don't get excited. Yeah? Beating those lambs, actually it's beating them so that you can be able to plant. Now look at this. That was all part of preparation before the seed. And look at this. You do all that, and then mostly in our place we did in August, when we were growing up. Nowadays it's unpredictable. But it was for sure in August that was going to happen. August was a dry season. Come September, fast, it starts raining. And that's the time now you go and you start now sowing your seed now. Sowing your seed and on and on and on. But listen to this. All that took preparations. That's what I'm talking about. In the fast, that's what happens. You are taking that time for the preparation of your heart for what? for the seed of the word. All right? That is like the fourth soil, which was able to receive, accept, receive, and it bore much fruit. So then, when disobedience becomes normal to a believer, then they will not hear. And the heart is hardened. When you keep disobeying and disobeying and disobeying, there are those promptings of, promptings of the Holy Spirit is telling you to do this, but you don't even follow what he's telling you, then it comes to a place that really your heart is hardened in that area. 
and you won't hear it. I was listening to a certain man recently uh, being interviewed. He said that he, he knew actually he was called into the ministry, but he didn't want. He said that he didn't want. One morning, he was a mechanic. One morning, the, the wife told, 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 told him, don't go to that place again to work. You know what God has called you to do. He said, I'm going. He went. Now, listen to this, because God never did any of this. The devil did. God never did what happened after this. It wasn't God. But actually, he went there, and he was under the 18-wheeler truck, and as he was looking at it under, it fell on him right over here in his stomach. Crushed the back and everything inside. So many things were broken. Can you imagine of that? It's unimaginable. He says, immediately that happened, I was out of my body. I was up at the ceiling. I looked at it. I didn't even know it was me. I felt so good for the first time. I had all peace I've ever imagined of. And I thought, oh, this feels so good. He didn't know what had happened, actually. Then he's hearing people talking. You see them actually running, and he's seeing a body, but he didn't know it was his. And he said he felt good. And then all of a sudden, there was a tunnel, bright light, and he was ready to go in. As he was going in, then he had a voice, someone calling out his name, calling out his name, and he came back out of the tunnel, and he went into the body a little. He felt all that pain. He said, no, I can't live in here. He, he left the body, and then it came out. I, again, he, he saw that body. He still he wasn't thinking it was him. Then it, it dawned on him, he says, finally. I thought, that's me. What has happened? He says, wow, if this is how it feels going to heaven, I'm going. He says he had small children. He didn't remember any one of them. There is nothing like his presence. He said he got ready back to the tunnel. Remember, he made a decision. He said, I'm not going to stay in, the, in this pain. He made the decision. So he said he started again going through that tunnel, and it felt good. He said, finally, I'm free. And he said, the Lord appeared to him and said this, told him, remember, you have children. He, he said, oh, that's when I started remembering. I have children. I have a wife. Then he started thinking about it, about them. And then the Lord said this to him. You go back. And he said this. This is going to be a fight. But fight. It's not going to be easy. And he went back to the body. He felt all the pain, but I've, I've left out several things that he said what happened. He saw angels and all that. He went into, into that body, and it was, I think, over one year in hospital. But years later, no problem whatsoever. Things had been broken. Actually, so when he came out of the body, he saw two men, big men. They lifted up that thing and started working on his, 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 his inner, you know, in, inner parts over here, working on them and all that. And later on, realized, oh, those are angels. Those men are different. But he's living, he's in ministry. Isn't this? He had heart in his heart. God didn't do that to him. 
People say, God beat him into ministry. No, he did. He did. His disobedience opened a door for the enemy. But listen to this. God intervened and turned it for his good. You see what I'm saying? So please don't ever think that way. So then, let's, let's, let me read some scriptures here quickly. I have some few minutes here. I'll preface this by saying, as we go to Ezra chapter 9, I'll say some few thoughts over here because I don't want to start reading so many scriptures from Ezra. Ezra 9. I was reading this book of Ezra and so interesting. I read it actually this week and it's really, really interesting. So then listen to this. Ezra is leading the children of Israel, not all of them, but from, from captivity so that they would go back to, to Jerusalem and build, rebuild the temple. Because the temple had been destroyed and the people of God had been taken to captivity. So anyway, so many things have happened. This is my point here, why, why I'm saying this, is this, when, when you allow disobedience over and over again, sin hardens our hearts. And that which is sinful, we take it as being normal. You never want to get into such a place. That which is even an abomination to God, we take us to be the norm. That's a bad place. So the children of Israel have been removed from, because of their disobedience, they have been taken to captivity. And now, Ezra is coming back with some of them so that they can build the temple. But look at this. Look at the sensitivity. He had been fasting. They came to a place, even to a river called Ahava, and the Bible says he called for a fast. Let me go. In fact, let's go there, and then we come to the next one. Um, look at 8.21. Uh, Ezra 8.21 see if I'll cover this quickly and then we go into prayer and some other scriptures then we go into prayer then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we may do what? humble ourselves that's critical right now that's what we are doing uh, actually we humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us. There's another way again there. Right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. I asked, I think on 1st of, uh, first of uh, January, I asked, has any one of you ever lived in 2023? To tell us how it looks like. Anyone? Did you lift up your hands, Mokio? <laughs> No one has ever lived in 2021. But therefore we humble ourselves before our God to seek him, for he is the eternal one. There's nothing that he does not know about this year. There's nothing that he does not know about yours and my future. Therefore we humble ourselves to seek him, and he says it's the right way for us and our little ones, but he did that through a fast. And verse 22 says, For as a shame to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we have spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those, who, all those for good who seek him, 
but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. Let's read verse 23 together. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. I want that to be your, your confession at the end of this fast. How do you know that is answered you? You will know in your Noah. <laughs> You'll know inside of you. He's answered your prayer. I was praying. Some, I was asking the Lord for something this past week, and right inside of me, I knew He did exactly that. I asked Him for something yesterday, and right inside of me, I knew He answered me. And I went and I did this exact thing the way I saw it in my heart, and it brought forth fruit. Let's say again verse 23. Let, let's say so we are, in fa we are fasting and we are entreating our God for all this and he is answering our prayer. Can we say it? So we are fasting and entreating our God for this and he is answering our prayer. Make that your confession. Thank you Lord. Tell him thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you answer prayers. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. So he did. But listen to this. There are still battles ahead. But when battles come, and you know he's answered your prayer, there's one thing you can say as a new covenant believer. If God be for me, who can be against me? I know he is. I know he's answered my prayer. I know it inside of me. Who can be against me? So verse chapter 9. So then he goes in and he, he comes to the, uh, to, to the land. But it's, there are several things that are happening there. Look at verse, verse, verse 9. They had been in, in disobedience for a long time until that which has, God has said for them not to do, it was the norm for them. Look at this. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites, listen, Israel, priests and the Levites, these are pastors and ministers, have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands. These are the people that God had told them not to mingle with. With respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians and the Amorites, for they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the people of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers have been foremost in this trespass. They are leading in the trespass. That which had been, they had been told by God not to be doing, they started doing and it became the norm. Do you know what happens in the church? Marry an, an, an unbeliever, and that's okay. <laughs> but a certain individual tell me, tell me that, oh yeah, we are, we, we are told by a uh, certain pastor, then what you needed to do is, they'll pray for us, and we start living together. I said, that's madness. Hmm? You can't imagine of that. Who is one of these men who are not married over here? You, you're not yet, but it's fine. But can you imagine you get, here is a not married man, another not married woman, and then you say, pastor say, we, we, they prayed for us, and then we start living together. 
I say, oh, we won't do that, you know that. <laughs> you see, people can become what? Callous in their hearts. It's the norm. The traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. You see what I'm saying? So look at this, but look at the response of Ezra. Remember, Ezra had given himself for the purposes of God. Look at this. So when I had this thing, I tore my garment. You don't have to do this in the New Covenant, okay? I tore my garment and my robe and plucked out some of my hair of my head and beard and sat down astonished. Any man who's ever done that? That is a sensitive heart to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that is, I mean, you know it's in the scripture, so there's no exaggeration. He did that. He, he did that. He, he plucked out some of the hair of, my, of his head and beard and sat down astonished. Listen to this. He had the report. Because his heart was not hardened, his, his heart was not callous, his heart was not insensitive. You didn't last, right? He wasn't heartless. On and on and on. The definition that I gave to you, because it was not that, when he had something that was contrary to God, it pierced his heart and he responded. That's what I want. That's what we need. I don't know if you heard that. You hear something and there is righteous anger just rising inside of you. Say, no, not so. That ought not to be. Then what do you do? You get ready in prayer. You are responding to the Holy Spirit. You are quick to respond to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do rather than say, they did that. How many children did they get? <laughs> Listen to this. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled to me. What was the word of the God of Israel? You shall not intermarry with these people. So they trembled. They had the, they had these people were doing what was contrary to the words of the God of, of the God of Israel. Therefore, this touches my heart. I will not accept it. Pluck my beard, pluck my hair, tore my robe. Because this is contrary to what is the will of God. That should be our heart condition. Sensitive to the will of God all the time. Listen to this. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel assembled to me because of the transgression of the, those who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. What? What are we going to do? This is astonishing. Why do God's people do such and such a thing? At the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting. So he went into fasting right there. Oh, that's amazing, church. Does that amaze you? Is your heart sensitive? That's what it's supposed to be doing. Let me tell you something, church. Don't ever allow your heart to be insensitive towards the things of God that brings so much dishonor 
and lack of the fear of God and is terrible can lead to such destruction, especially premature death. Quick, because the enemy is a destroyer. We can dance around with sin. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, then at the evening sacrifice, I arose from my fasting and having torn my garment and my robe, and I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. So what follows next is prayer. And I said, oh my God, I'm too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you. He didn't say because of them. Now he took it upon him. My God, for, your iniqu for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads. And our guilt has grown up to the heavens. And it goes on. I encourage you to go read all that. But look at verse 8. Look at what he says. He says, and now, for a little while grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in, this, in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival, revival in our bondage. But listen to this. We are not in any bondage. Christ came to save us. But listen to this. God wants, go back there. God wants to enlighten our eyes and give us revival. Amen. That's what fast should do. Do you know how revival begins? In this temple. I was asking those who are here last Wednesday, have you ever been in the service this Sunday? Um, and maybe a Sunday before, and you came in, you greeted the usher, you had the smile. You just came with just everyone. You felt so happy, you're just greeting everyone, and on and on and on. And then you're ready, and you're just smiling, and your offering was big. You know, it just everything is heavenly that day. And you came over here, and you look for the best seats, and you sat there. The psalm was just the one that you've been reading. And the walls are just the ones that you've been reading and studying and praying and, and you felt like, oh my goodness, I've never seen a pastor's wife so spiritual like this one. She opened with a psalm God has given me for a long time. And then what follows next, then, then they start singing a song and you go, oh, that's the song. Every word that came out of your mouth was going just to the throne. You knew it. You meant every word. You felt, ah, that's the best praise and worship. I've never seen anyone. And after the service, said, Dan, Carol, you are the best. God bless you. God is working in your lives. This is the best church have ever been. Then tithes and offering, you had already prepared your big offering. And Ella Francis said, and you say, and you couldn't wait. And you came down and you just gave your seed. And you went back. You are ready for the word. And the word was spoken. And you received the message you've, you've been reading the same scriptures in the week. And you thought, Pastor, Today is in the spirit. Forgetting pastor has always been in the spirit in the service. <laughs> and you read the scriptures and you were so excited and you saw everything. And oh, oh, pastor, you are my pastor, my personal pastor. Every scripture you read was just for me. And you went home, you're driving. Then in the week we had some challenges. The next Sunday, 
you woke up at 8.50. The Sunday before you are up at 3.30, you prayed. You said, every Sunday I commit myself to be praying for my pastors and all leaders. A revival is coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That Sunday you woke up at 8.15. The back seemed like it's not yours. And you came on that Sunday, you thought these ashes are unfair. They put me in the seat that I don't like. You sat, you stood right there. You see this, the pastor's wife does not, is not in the spirit at all. Someone else should read the scriptures. Listen to this. Nothing has changed except your heart. Revival begins with you. Can you think about this church? If every single one of us came, like the first Sunday of this individual, all of us came that way every Sunday and lived that way every week, hey, we'll have great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. My God, my God, my God. And God moving all over. Why? Because God's people's hearts are prepared to receive the incorruptible word of God and to worship him in spirit and truth. Don't ever forget this. You can tell someone, revival begins with me. Tell that individual, revival begins with me. That's where it begins. And he says this, they they had been given a measure of it. But we just don't want a measure of it. We want revival. We want to be revived. revived. We want to be up. We want to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want to sing spiritual songs. We want our services alive. Because God's people are alive. Amen. So now, quickly. I'm kind of shouting over here and dancing. Losing myself up a bit. Now look at this. Quickly and then we'll, we'll go into prayer. In, in Job 9.4, Job 9.4, so that you can see some, some things about hardening of the scriptures. Oh, I have several scriptures here. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Job, 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 J-O-B, Job. God is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? Any? None whatsoever. God is wise in heart and might in strength, who has hardened himself against him and prospered? What's your answer? No one. So what we need to do is to give ourselves in to his spirit to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mark 6.52, the Amplified Classic Version, Mark 6.52, talking about the disciples, I'll show you some scriptures so that you don't think this is something of the old covenant. I already spoke to you about about the parable of the soul. So this one, this one says, Mark 6.52, the Amplified Classic Version, it says, remember they had, they had seen the miracle of feeding of more than 5,000, and then uh, he was walking on water, he, he came into the boat, and this is what this scripture says about the disciples. For they failed to consider, 6.52, Amplified Classic Version, please. For they failed to consider, let me read this one. Uh, but they, um, then you'll be ready for the Amplified Classic Version. For they felt, okay. That's okay, leave it right here. That was my intention. For they felt.
failed to consider or understand the teaching and meaning of the miracle of the laws. In fact, their hearts had, be, had grown what? Callous, had become dull, and had lost the power of understanding. What do we pray for in Ephesians chapter 1, 17, 18? For the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of understanding to be enlightened. But these ones had become grown colors, had become dull, and lost the power of understanding. The amazing thing is this, church. They walked with God every day and slept with God and walked with him and they saw him do miracles every day, yet their hearts were colors. The thing is, they are not born again. We are born again. We shouldn't allow our hearts to be colors. Because in Jeremiah 31, talking about the new birth, he says this, I will, I will give them new hearts, hearts of flesh. We want our hearts to be hearts of flesh. Take stony hearts from them and give them heart, hearts of flesh. Stony hearts, meaning hardened hearts, and give us what? Hearts of flesh that are responsive to the Holy Spirit, word of God, to do his will in our generation. Go to the next one. Is that, I think that's, that's it. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Let's go to Hebrews quickly. Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. I'll read it quickly from the New King James, and then we'll go to the Passion Translation. So that you see also there's a warning here that we, may not allow, we don't allow our hearts to be careless. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Beware, brethren. That's the New King James Version. Beware, brethren. Lest there be any of you an evil word, heart of unbelief, in departing from the living God. That heart departs from the living God. And it says this. And this, this Wednesday and this, sun, this day is so nice. You can turn this way. And you can look at this way. That's so good. Is it, will it be this way on Sunday? Yeah? Andrew Afula, is this, this Sunday this way? Okay, all right. That's good. I mean, that's really good. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And what follows next, it says this, but exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So look at this. Exhort one another daily. If you can go back. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. That's very important for fellowship. Exhorting one another. What are you hearing? There's, a, there's, there's encouragement. There is, you're hearing the word of God. So your heart is becoming pliable so that you may not be it will not be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. All right? Let's go to the, to the Passion Translation, please. So we have this side and this side. I'm looking forward to the center one. Amen. I think this is the one that, is that the one that a church member donated, gave? Um, praise you, bless you, church member, multiply your sin. I know you are here and I can see you. <laughs> Multiply your seeds. So. But look at this in the Passion Translation. So, search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters. Make sure that none of you has, an, has evil or unbelief hiding within you. 
for it will lead you to it will lead you astray and make you listen to this unresponsive to the living God. You don't want that. You never want that. I never want to be unresponsive to the living God. And what follows next is this. Uh, this is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitful, deceitfulness. So you can as well look at the neighbor and say, never be stubborn or hardened by sin's <laughs> deceitfulness. But it is to, time to encourage each other. You see that, that you never be, to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I don't want that. Say with me, I don't want either. Amen? So then, church, quickly, I want us to prepare to, to continue with what we began last week. I told uh, Martin, to, but he didn't get my text, or so he didn't get to, to answer this. But do you know that old song? Uh, it says this, um, in the presence of Jehovah, Ah, oh, you have no idea, these young people. <clears throat> In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace. Okay, so it goes next. So what follows next is this. Troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. That's what happened. So his presence is here in our midst this evening. 